The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin woman engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favorite one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by the angel's words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his dominion there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. You will be called the Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me? that the mother of my Lord comes to me. For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, who has looked with favor on me, a lowly servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is the name of the Lord, whose mercy is for the God-fearing from generation to generation. The arm of the Lord is filled with strength, scattering the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones, and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped Israel, the Lord's servant, in remembrance of mercy, according to the promise God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord. Christ. 
Relationships with mothers can be complicated. Though it is a simple, verifiable fact that each and every one of us was birthed into the world by another human being, our relationships with those human beings are anything but simple. And if you have a mother-in-law in your life, your relationship with mothers is likely to be even more complicated. When my husband Steve and I met back in 2001, he had just come out to his mother Cheryl. And she was only beginning to be somewhat comfortable with the fact that he wanted to date men instead of women. And then he told her that he was planning to marry a man, <laughs> me. Now, same-gender marriage wasn't legal back then, and Cheryl wasn't really completely comfortable with the idea. So after Steve and I had our commitment ceremony, she started calling me not her son-in-law, but rather her spare son. So I, in turn, started to call her my spare mom. <laughs> now, I was glad to have a spare mom who loved me, a mom who was nearer to me than where I was, nearer to where I was living at the time, especially when my own mother wasn't able to be present in so many ways due to health issues and prescription drug addiction. My spare mom and I loved each other very much, and we even signed birthday cards and holiday cards with the phrases, your spare mom and your spare son. A few years later, though, my own mother died just after my 21st birthday. And so, logically, Cheryl became my not-so-spare mom. And as you might imagine, it was particularly difficult when, after a lengthy period of illness, Cheryl died in 2016, and I lost the last mother that I had to lose. Just the other day, on the actual day of the commemoration of Mary, Mother of Our Lord, August 15th, a photo came up in my Facebook memories from 2014. Steve and I had driven down to Hammond, Indiana, to visit Cheryl, and she was teaching Steve how to make her world-famous fried chicken. As is often the case with me on August 15th, everything was all merry all the time. And so, while salivating over the smells of frying chicken, I noticed on the table next to Cheryl's bedroom door a statue of Mary surrounded by her collection of shot glasses <laughs> and Star Trek memorabilia, things all symbolic of her motherhood, her love for her son and her spare son, the things that she loved, and even symbolic of her complicated relationship to alcohol and thus to her loved ones. After Cheryl died, we brought that statue home and my love of Mary began to deepen as I began to attune to her motherly love of me and of all of us, even in the midst of grief and loss. Our relationships to our mothers are often complicated, and if there's one mother with whom Lutherans tend to have a complicated relationship, it's Mary, mother of our Lord. 
I mean, there's all this baggage about what kind of relationship various kinds of Christians say we're supposed to have with our mother Mary. And there are titles to go with all of those. Mary, star of the sea. Mary, seed of wisdom. Mary, mystical rose, and so on and so on. And on top of all of those, there are all the queen titles for Mary. Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, Queen of Angels, Queen of All Saints, Queen of Heaven. Complicated. And yet, at the risk of making things even more complicated, I'm going to suggest yet another queen title for Mary. The Yes Queen. <laughs> Speaking of complicated, Mary's birth experience was a little complicated. I mean, no matter what we think about the virginity of Mary, the process leading up to her pregnancy didn't exactly begin in a customary way. I mean, when was the last time someone told you, I don't know how it happened, an angel announced a message to me, and now I have this baby? Complicated. The angel Gabriel, as angels in scripture are wont to do, doesn't ask Mary any questions. Gabriel tells her like it is. Mary is full of grace. God is with her. And she will conceive in her womb and bear a son, Jesus. A clear message, but complicated. Yet Mary doesn't just accept Gabriel's message because Mary has questions. How can this be when I'm a virgin? God wants to work great things in you, Mary, Gabriel says. And no matter how complicated this might seem, nothing is impossible with God. I am God's servant. Let it be with me as you say. Tell God, I say yes. Mary's yes to the new work God wants to do through her, to the new creation God would birth with her cooperation. Mary's consent to this wondrous birth, this wondrous child, is often lost in artwork and in hymns that depict Mary as so lowly, self-deprecating, and void of desire and agency that she almost seems something other than human. But Mary, Mary is a wondrous, complex, and complicated human being, just like you and me. Mary, often called Theotokos, God-bearer or mother of God, birthed Jesus, yes. Yet even more so, her yes to God was the beginning of the birth pangs of God's new creation. In Mary's womb was, as the old Latin hymn puts it, heaven and earth in little space. I wonder, what wondrous births might be waiting to come to be through us if we, like Mary, are both humble and courageous enough to say yes to what God wants to do in our lives? Mary's jubilant song gives us some suggestions. Perhaps God wants to birth through us 
a world in which the poor and the lowly are lifted up, a world in which the voices of the powerful and mighty decrease, so that the voices of those cast aside and might powerless might increase. Maybe God desires to birth through us a world in which all have sufficient food and clean water, a world in which no one need fear being gunned down at home or at the grocery store or at school. How might God's new creation be yearning to be born in us, in you and in me? The 13th century mystic Meister Eckhart said that we are all meant to be mothers of God, for God is always needing to be born. Indeed, we live in a world desperate for God to be born anew. Will we echo Mary's yes and become mothers of God's new creation? The good news is that we don't have to do this work alone, this work of birthing of God's new creation. No, God will do a mighty thing through us, just like God did through Mary. And we will do the work together. This very evening, God's word will take flesh in us as we gather around this table and partake of the holy meal of thanksgiving. And nourished by God's very body, we will be sent forth to be mothers of God in the world. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God, from generation to generation in the church, and in Christ Jesus, forever 